and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me, Saul Walker. Now that autumn is making itself known to us, it seems a natural time to reflect on times past and look forward to new ventures ahead. So, with that in mind, we'd like to give a nod to these recent few months by simultaneously embracing what lies in front of us, both practically and at our respective gardens, and by assessing how this exciting industry that we've decided to devote our professional lives to is evolving and thriving. So many of us are showing this sector's true grit by quietly propagating new stock, dreaming up fresh initiatives, looking to new ways of working and generally supporting the trade. And our aim via this podcast is to muse on developments and showcase these horticultural heroes. We'll bring you two short 20-minute episodes each week, plus a longer bonus monthly interview. What more of a reason do you need to join us on this journey? Let's once again step into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. So Lucy's just dragged me tooth and nail away from the jungle area it and I'm going back. No, I'm not going back. We no, must look on. at the rest of the garden. Just for this, I've got just... some bungee, my, get my bungee straps out just so you can stay here for a second, all right? You've got to get me one of those child restraining <laughs> uh, leads to make sure I follow you. And we've just come over to the other side of the garden, which uh, is a little bit more of the old classic English garden, I'd say. It's really yeah. cottagey, actually really yeah. nice. It's a, it's a, a border around... Um, we should explain in this part of Essex, the buildings here are very distinctive and they yeah. have this lap wood style that is painted dark black, usually with white windows and things. So it's very distinctive look to the buildings, which mm. I was saying to Lucy previously really sets the plants off, doesn't it? It does. It's lovely. A lovely backdrop for all the for all those lovely punchy colours. Uh, and yeah, the, 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 where we are here is sort of like the, the gardener's office, because I, I know that I've had many a coffee in there with, with, with Lou and Rachel. And... Um, We've got, as I say, some paving. We've got a lovely bistro table and chairs set. Then we've got um, some more cottage garden style plants. So we've got things like the the cosmos flocks. Um, there's zinnias. There's rudbeckias. There's I can see some hollyhock spikes that have faded now, and some sunflowers. All sorts of, again, lovely, lovely stuff. And what I like about this border is that the only height to it is the plant. You know, yeah. there's not a screen or a hedge or anything. So you've got low at the front then going to really high architecturally sort of lovely structural planting and then again at the back going down low so so this is like a, a living screen and it breaks your oh i've just seen a salvia oligonosa over there so it's, there's all yeah there's it's just it works really nicely doesn't it it's a very soft way of marrying the big sweeping lawn that we're going to go and see it later on with the tropical planting it's like a somewhere in the middle isn't yeah, it? yeah it's an incredible juxtaposition and then Good word. Further, there is a... Thank you. I like to use these long words. It makes me sound reasonably intelligent. In the long distance, there's a weeping willow and some large trees, and I think that's the pond over there. So it does actually bring you along really nicely from the jungle bed. It's sort of... It's sort of you have this wow moment as you're walking through the jungle beds, and then you sort of come into the more calming area. It yeah, sort of takes it down a notch. It does. Gets yeah, you ready right. for a nice long meander along it the slows pond. Slows the pace. Bit, yeah. bit of a romanticism. So we've just left that lovely little cottage garden area and we've come across the large sweeping lawn and I wanted to show Saul uh, the conservatory area which backs onto Philippa's house. There's a, a lovely seating area which actually would look very nice with you and I there with the gin and tonic in the hand. Is, is that a promise? <laughs> Uh, maybe I think that might just be fantasy at the moment until we get the podcast recorded uh, and then we've got some massive big containers against because the house is 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 a, is a lovely decent sized house and the containers 
work with that as well? You've got Plectranthus in there, salvias, and is that... It's Eucomus. Is it, I'm going to say, is it Poles something to getting you excited? I, I would have thought. Well, well done. should I say, sorry. And then some gorgeous um, containers with the... Is that a coleus there? Or a ple- uh, it looks like a coleus. Yeah. I don't think coleus exists anymore. It's something else, isn't it? They've oh, changed it? the they name, fiddle but with yes. It. They fiddle And then some... Absolutely good. Oh, look some, inside. Some beautiful wow. succulents. We've got some, some gorgeous aeoniums and echiveras and all sorts. Is there some holworthias there as well? I think that's a crocia. Yeah. Yes, that's that a, is. Yes. Yeah. That, little, yeah. that really a tangled and mess I, of. I leaves. just want to very sneakily because I know what happened to this vine oh, wow. um, about a year ago. <laughs> it got massively decapitated, and I was fascinated to see if this came back because we've now walked. You can probably tell by the acoustics into I, the conservatory. I think we can successfully say it's come back. <laughs> it if, has. If, Thank if goodness. Yeah. So if, if everyone, anyone ever wants to renovate a grapevine, and I know Philip had to do this because it was just getting too. Uh, too rampant and also I think there was a few pests and diseases they just want to knock on their head we are looking at basically a, a vine that's got a diameter of its main stem of about one and a half inches across so four centimeters under that uh, and it literally was cut down to maybe two meters height and uh, I was a bit concerned whether it would come back I know um I wasn't the only one and we were all a bit like is it going to work or not and actually it has so I'm, I'm relieved to say that I'm now standing on this wonderful canopy of leaves so uh, it's yeah. really interesting because one of them comes from the inside out like the old traditional way of doing greenhouses yeah yeah and then the other one comes through the floor <laughs> I've, not, you know, I've never seen anything like that well that's there you a, go that's very interesting uh, planting arrangement I hope it doesn't get any thicker, the trunk, oh, well. or, or they may lose the tiles. Again, but. that might warrant a photograph, I think, just to show you. Right, we're going to leave the conservatory for a minute and go and see if we can find some of the gardeners. So we've just headed over from the conservatory towards the pond. You can tell it's quite dry in this part of the, the world, because... I wouldn't describe it as a pond, more of a puddle, but that's just how it is at the moment. We're in the lee of the Weeping Willow, and we've just caught up with Lou Nichols, his head gardener, who is standing on a brand new bridge that I knew they wanted to unveil this year for the first time. So maybe it can be an exclusive Talking Heads podcast unveiling. (laughs) Ta-da! You said it off very nicely, Lou. So, (laughs) So, Lou, what's it like being the head gardener at Alting Wick? Um... Well, it's, it's, it's hard work, basically, um, and in a lovely way, it's very hard work because it's such a small team, and um, Philippa has a very direct idea of what she wants it to look like, and basically I see my job as facilitating her dreams. Oh, you, know, you make her dreams come true, that's well, what you hopefully, mean. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I think, I, think I drive them in slightly insane <laughs> at the same time, but you know. Don't all good head gardeners drive their owners insane? I think I slightly drive mine when I'm asking for 101 bits of machinery (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I have been trying to persuade her that we need a front loader now for three years and I don't think it's getting anywhere but hey you know we can all dream so what's it been like this year Lou because I know normally you'd be opening up in the late spring with all the tulip displays and I guess they obviously they were planted yes they were beautiful yeah and it was such a shame I mean the NGS blessed they did send this wonderful film crew over and they did this wonderful drone footage which was like a tapestry from the air it was oh, so gorgeous. beautiful I bet. Um, and I say that in a very smug way because obviously it's it's our baby you know so um, but that's still up on the NGS website you can still see that and um, you know it it's sad when you've done all that work and 
I didn't realise how much I missed people coming in until we did the um, midsummer opening and then of course we had people coming back in and you get that wonderful exclamation of oh wow someone walks around the corner and you go yeah that's why I'm doing it exactly that's exactly it yeah so so I know I've just spoken to Philippa she says the, the last um event of, or open day she's having is sometime in late September so you're coming to the end of of that season now yes but you obviously planted up after the tulips went in, in with a view to carry on opening the garden up in its its peak like you know it's going summer into the autumn so did that give you at a time when everything was sort of going a bit wonky in the world did that give you a focus and, the, and some kind of normality where you think at least I'm getting something done that's constructive I, I guess so because the weird thing for me was it I had a little bit of time off at the start of lockdown but other than that I've just kept going like normal um, it's the only thing that's changed for me is that been stuff outside of work. Work itself was a very much a steady constant, so I can't complain about that. Yeah, I think that's what we both found, so wasn't it actually that because we were carrying on working, that was it was good to carry on working, yeah, wasn't it? I, I think mid-August I was missing the BBC Gardeners World that we do all the the shows, the talks. We were just talking with Lou before this about the amount of talks we usually do in a year, and that and that's been missing. So. Literally, our saviour has been being in the garden in some way. So, um, yeah, I've missed it. <laughs> but we're, we're here now. You've had other people here. It looks, we've just drooled everywhere. I'm sorry about that. You might need to clear that up. <laughs> I'm really There's a saliva trail, basically, from the car no, all love. the way around. Cle- clean up in jungle zone two. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I say it, it is such a, to me, it's this, I've, as I say, I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of working here in October for a, a couple, three of, I think it was four days, wasn't it? And it was just, it was just lovely, such fun. And you and were such amazing. A, oh, and it was so appreciated. <laughs> I, well, it was when all the plants shifting all those out, bananas. Oh, that was. It, but to see how it's done, you know, that it's quite a harsh thing to, to do. All these beautiful displays, then you have to get in there, just and rip, rip them, them to pieces, yeah. and uh, you know, to see that with my own eyes and to take part in it was was something that's going to stay with me because it was it was like wow this when is you how get you, this a just eight, ten on. foot banana and you're shoving it in a pot that's like 10 centimeters across you know it and just because we've got to get them into that glass house it's got to happen so yeah, exactly yeah. exactly but for the time of safe would it be safe from july through till october just when the frost is starting to come that when is when this tropical side of the garden really just marries together all the foliage knits together you can see the combinations that philippa and, and i'm sure yourself have chosen you can see them actually coming to life and working and that's that is a like i say we're walking around that just the, the colors and the textures there's something about them that just taps into i don't know what it is about exotic lush planting but it's just umptuous and gorgeous isn't it do you know really? what the worst thing is i forget to look so i'm so busy looking at the negatives like oh that bit needs weeding that bit needs doing that but and I forget to look at it and to actually enjoy it and then occasionally I'll look up and go wow I think that's a head gardener's thing isn't it because we're so head down in the work sometimes I know when I'm mowing constantly all hedge trimming at this time of year <laughs> I don't see half the garden in its, in its prime I must say September is either on a hedge or on the back of a mower so it's just how it is isn't it yeah I mean we're trying to get all the hedges done before our August opening and that's it's quite a push sometimes, you know, it's just like, um, it, it was better this year, I think, than any other, um, because we didn't have the High Sheriff's Tea Party or anything else 
that has been going on in the past, you know, and um, I managed to get them done in, I think it was four weeks, which not bad going. Um, so we're going to actually interview Lou for a longer podcast one of our bonus episodes later in the season as it were <laughs> probably sometime in the around christmas and uh, going to be talking about some of your some of your outside vaulting wick things aren't we because i know lou's quite uh, entrepreneurial hey gardener i think is that the word yeah that's how they know that's that sounds about right yeah very that's very um Delboy. <laughs> Del boy that's yes t-shirts need to be made yeah. we're having them done crazy tomato lady freaky plant guy <laughs> is that what, exactly is that what so Del girl yeah, gardener exactly I, yeah <laughs> gotta have some merch lou gotta have some merch <laughs> so yeah so we'll be interviewing lou later but thank you very much we'll leave you on the bridge Oh, we are... Oh, that was a nice squeak as well. We have now teetered our way across the lawn again, back to the area of the the main hub of the garden. And we're coming back in through the, the white garden, which is rather rather tranquil and beautiful. Have we hopped counties to Kent and, and visiting Sissinghurst? Because I've got to say, the last time I saw a white garden like this it's nice, was when it? I visited Sissinghurst two years ago. It's absolutely beautiful. There's some, a gorgeous white flocks here. Um, we've, got as, we've got the aster, is it the horizontalis? I can't quite work out which one it is. They're all the small flowered white asters, the uh, Japanese anemones. And cosmos. Because, don't forget that this is purity. I'm yeah. pretty sure this is purity. Yeah. And we've got cosmos some lovely choriodalis as well, just nestling in the mid regions, and some lime green nicotiana. And then we've got some beautiful box spirals going on as well, which takes some, uh, takes some doing, and some dried seed heads of uh, the origin. Sorry, origin. Oh. Arigeron calfa no. thingamajig. No, no, no. That's not what I'm trying to say. I've got my teeth in the mouth. Oh, aringium. <laughs> that looks like Mrs. Wilmot's ghost. I was going to say, aringium. So we've got aringium giganteum there. Or as you say, might be Miss Wilmot's ghost. Um, and they're hosta. A nice variegated I, hosta. I like the fact the foliage is also, uh, uh, you know, here as well. Because you've got yeah. this beautiful, beautiful salvia. Look at the foliage on there. That is, that is much better than the uh, the. That is rather gorgeous, isn't it? And then the, there's got... Um, the alcamilla. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, we've got a, a, some, a penicetum of some sort that's that's massively tactile. I would like to rub my hands all over that because the the I'm glad yeah, you said hands. <laughs> it's before nine pm, so I'm keeping it nice. Oh, and there's also um, it's a persicaria. persicaria. Isn't it? yeah. I hadn't. Yeah, do you know normally you see the really hot pink ones? Yes, yeah, this I've, I I must say this is. I'm going to get Philippa to tell us what this one is because. Yeah. That is absolutely beautiful. It's got mm. these lovely little white flowers, yeah. but it's very full. Persicaria at Stonelands has a habit of getting up to a size and then falling apart. Now, that's probably more to do with my staking than it is <laughs> to do with the plant itself. But I can't see any staking in here, and it's absolutely it's lovely. It's robust. It obviously takes a bit of wind here, so it, it stays upright. That is a that is a stunner, isn't it? It's very nice. And normally, I could say the, the, these these have really hot pink flowers, very yeah. in your face, don't they? So actually, to have one that's white and more subtle and and, and graceful is quite a nice persic area to see. So should we pop through the, Let's pop through this gap in the yew hedge and see what we've got here. Let's do that and see what's beyond. So. It's such a juxtaposition from those jungle beds. I know we're going to go back there and, and have a have a conversation mm. with Philippa. Have you seen um, the sculpture comes just by your toes? Look, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Look yeah. at this. So we've we've just come in. And it's sort of a a half circle lawn with the backdrop of one of the one of the black barns, and just absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. 
Again, again, very cottage garden yeah. style, isn't it? Yeah, her, her, herbaceous. I think it's mostly herbaceous. I don't think I see many shrubs. There's clematis against the wall there, but it's mostly herbaceous. Yeah. Lots, um, lots of nice pockets of the uh, sedum. Yeah. Um, what's sedum these days? Is Highly, is it something like Hyliotepi? Hyliotepi, Or something like that. Something along those lines. It might not be quite right, but there's, it's something along um, those lines. There's Cosmos, uh, there's Verona Castrum, lovely stands of Alcamilla. I'm a massive fan of Alcamilla. I know not, not everyone is, but it does really oh, make like a nice it. foil. Yeah, yeah. We've got Again, we've got the dahlias. We've got some gazants over there that are just in front of the dahlias. got more penicetum. And we've got the old autumn crocus coming through the culturecums, yeah. which but, is really nice to see. Do you know, see. I love those. They're planted in, in amongst a very yeah. low... What was sedum? Yes. <laughs> I'll get our teeth around the other one. And um, they just nestle through there. And the, the, the sedum's got like a pink hue to it. And it actually looks just, it's a lovely it's, sort it's of like de- it's partnership, delicate. isn't it? It's very delicate. And like mm. I say, we're here roughly in the late, uh, late afternoon. And obviously the sun at this time of year has yeah. a very different it's angle nice. to it than the summer. And you get this very soft, low light. I gotta say, this planting is really accentuated by that light, uh, by the sun coming in. It's, it's lovely. The coneflowers, especially the echinacea. Yeah, look at those. Just a lovely dot of. Obviously, the petals have gone over, but you still have the cone heads, oh, the I've seed got, heads on them. More nicotiana, and then there's a um, millennia. Is it millennia yeah, over the yes, back there? With, the, yeah. with the, again the sun just kissing the back of that, and more penicetums. It's it's nice to get the mixture of grasses in here as well, isn't it? And it's not just the usual miscanthus. Although I can see miscanthus here. There's there's a lovely range of grasses on, on show. And just turning back, the black barn, as you mentioned, the weatherboarded black barn, uh, we've got a, a very delicate pink Japanese anemone in front of that and a hot pink dahlia. Yeah, that They hot pink, look nice yeah. against the, the black weatherboarding, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. It really makes them pop out. Yeah, the, this black boarding is a really good example of why a big, bold colour at the back of planting really sets things off, especially dahlias, and the jungle beds look amazing with them. I've had my uh, moment in the jungle bed. I think we're about to have uh, Lucy's moment. Oh, there's some trombuccino, there's some rouge vie de tomps, there's some butternuts, gosh, there's some crown prints. Oh my God, I've died and gone to heaven. Well, look at that butternut squash, that's ridiculous. That is is, uh, centre table, um, sorry, centrepiece for the table there. Oh, and a cheeky curry. Going up there as well. I'm Rather beautiful. Curry for the first time this year, and I've <laughs> got to say it's absolutely delicious. Oh, do you know it is? It's one of the most that, and um, I think Crown Prince for me are my my two okay. tastiest squash. Yeah, they are. I like amazing. it because it grows up. It grows up mm. my arches very well. Whereas most squashes ramble about. Yeah, this really can grow up an arch and put on quite a few meters of growth. It can, along with my shark's fin melon which I'm hoping to see later. Well, then there might be a theme this weekend of Sharps and Melon comments. <laughs> I feel like someone's got bearing a grudge because I, I didn't sow any of his seed, but <laughs> I've got I will to work do. on my Muttley laugh for that. <laughs> There's a lovely, a lovely um, metal-framed greenhouse. Is it an alley? A Hartley Botanic, a beautiful greenhouse that we can see there with a, a brick base and um, lovely, lovely metalwork to the top of it. And we've also, you can probably hear, like I said, the, the, the kitchen garden here's got gravel underfoot. And then there's lots of winter brassicas. There's a massive big bed of lettuce. There's strawberries. There's a, I can see an aspar- two asparagus beds. Philip likes her asparagus. There's a lot of asparagus. Two asparagus, asparagus beds over the back. Uh, various herbs. I can see some basil, some kale, rocket. Ooh, cuttings. Now we like to see this part of the garden. This is the propagation area of the garden. I can see some, we've got some stocks and wallflowers and bits and bobs going on. So that's rather lovely. Uh, oh, gooseberries. Basically, there's a good use of the um, insect mesh 
netting here to keep off. I'm guessing things like the white fly, but also um, cabbage white. I don't think I've seen the peg method before. I must say this is a very interesting way of attaching. Don't oh, don't knock it. Obviously, Philippa doesn't hang her clothes out for drying here. They use they use the pegs for uh, for meshing. <laughs> for the mesh. Oh. But no, it's all, it's all rather lovely. But what we'll do, we'll head back towards the, the main courtyard area where all the jungle plants are, because I can see Saul's getting a little bit glazed over. Well, once you see one rhubarb... Oh, what? You've, you've seen them all, so really. Uneducated, so uneducated. <laughs> right, OK. We'll take you back to your exotics, OK? We've very, very, very handily come past the Brugmansia again, and I'm just going to stick my nose in for another time. Let's, uh, let's get this on. Let's get this recorded. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Your massive big snorting. And then what's this, Mr. Walker? Well, these, these are gingers. And, see, I'd I just like to feed you stuff because I know you love your gingers. You've got the National Collection of in Devon, haven't you, 25? I've got about 25, and I must say they are flowering like anything this year. I'm really pleased with them. Gorgeous. I'm trying to work out, that's a really oh, nice white one. I've despised the Dahlia Imperialis at the back there as well. Yeah, that's got at least another probably 10 feet to put yeah, on. Yeah. The thing, it doesn't really flower in one year unless you have a really good year, but um, they're great for structure, absolutely great for structure. This, this is, to summarise, because we're going to wind up now, um, Altingwick, it's, I don't think you're going to be able to get here to visit this year now, sadly, but I'm sure that next year, come spring, the tulips will look amazing and then going into late summer what we're seeing here again will just knock your socks off so please if you if you're local come along if you're not local make a special effort and come along because this is a spectacular garden to see so isn't it well i tell you what if you're an exotics fan like me there's something to see if you like a proper english garden there's something to see there's cottage style there's perennials and then if you really like plant buying i've just seen all the things that uh, philippa has for sale in her courtyard you know just come for the plant buying yeah. You forgot to mention the kitchen garden, by the way. Did you notice? Did you do that on purpose? We've reached the end of today's episode and we sincerely hope that you found it informative and entertaining. If you'd like to leave us a review via your podcast provider, we'd be delighted to know your thoughts. While many aspects of the garden year are behind us, there are still plenty of horticultural milestones to mark. So Saul and myself are eager to bring you yet more valuable episodes of the Talking Heads podcast. We're also keen to visit those iconic gardens, large and small, of our peers and friends. With this in mind, you can look forward to an autumn packed full of interviews, road trips, practical advice, and of course, mine and Lucy's opinions on all manner of wide-ranging horticultural topics. We want to ensure that our listeners are kept up to date with what any self-respecting head gardener needs to know. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads... Goodbye! Goodbye!